My uh, guest today, hilarious comedian, producer, stand-up comedian, Mary Kennedy, and we get into some uh, interesting topics today. Let's get right into it, and here's our interview with Mary Kennedy. Pick it up! Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. <laughs> my uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. He adds character to my crew. <laughs> As you just said, you're not a prostitute. What? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue-collar guys. Somebody screwed through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. Some salsa and some sour cream some guacamole. Who doesn't love that? It's breakfast time. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. (laughs) Okay. So Mary Kennedy. um, Yes. I, you know, I guess maybe the first time that I saw you on TV was probably on Conan. You've done quite a bit of uh, uh, spots on Conan, right? I've done uh, Seppin. Se- good. good Seppin. Seppin. I did Seppin. No, Seven. I've no done one s- understands your Latin. <laughs> My Boston accent. No. Oh, thank you. I've done seven uh, episodes. Uh, that's like seven in Ze- Led Zeppelin. There you go. Yeah, All right. There you I did go. It. Um, no, I did seven uh, episodes with them, and I started off with them doing, like, just background. Like, I just, you know, and a lot of actors, they ask, well, should you do background? And for that show to, like, get into into that show, you do background first. So I did a really quick background for a star, uh, for a Batman episode, and I played a passerby, and the guy that I worked with was Jason Boggs, and Jason Boggs does sketch for them for a ton of stuff. And we were talking, and I was like... Um, said to him, I said, well, what's our intention? And it's like, we're just walking down the street. So, like, I made hair and makeup laugh. They're like, you're just walking down the street. And then f- since then, you know, I ended up doing other, some other spots, and then I got up- upgraded to a principal, and now yeah. I've New done, Fiona. Well, well, I got upgraded for a principal on Shameless, but I got upgraded on a principal for Conan. So oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Con- I'm mixing up my, t- my two fine. places. Two very uh, different shows. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's, that's great. Um, so... How how much time does it take to shoot the, the things for Conan? Are they pretty quick, you know? So quick. Yeah. So you usually get, like, I've gotten a call, like, a day before from the writer's room saying, listen, um, casting calls me and says they have a part that I think you'd be right for. Can you do it? And you say yes. You don't you don't go, right. oh, let me check my calendar. So I say yes. And then the next day they give you a call time. You go on. And then we basically shoot all of our sketch stuff before the live show. Okay. So I'm usually in hair and makeup at 10 a.m. I'm to set probably around 11 or 12. Um, and then then I shoot and then I'm out. Sometimes if they, like, I played a paramedic um, on the show. They were doing this really fun bit uh, with, Tom, like, a thing on Tom Brady and the, the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I played a paramedic and then I shot during the show, which was really cool because I got to, to sit in the audience and they did a camera shot of me in the audience and then I got up as a paramedic. So that was really cool. And walking backstage to to get ready to be in the spot and hearing Conan on stage talking is wild. And then hearing the audience, like, clap. I mean, that was that was really crazy. Very cool. It was really cool. Uh, and then the other thing I think, the, one of the bigger things for you has been Shameless. Yes. Which, as I already mentioned, you played New Fiona. For six episodes. Yeah, when when, uh, when Frank decides to just get rid of all his family and replace them all with new versions of uh, them. So you were New Fiona. I was New Fiona, Do you yeah. feel any pressure to... Uh, to be like Emmy Ross? Yeah. No. It was very clear that I was the 
It, you know how they say the new and improved? I was the not new and improved because I played an auto work prostitute who worked for food. Like, and he met me in a homeless shelter that he was in, and he's like, uh, new Fiona. And I was like, yeah, okay. And then I played his daughter, which was wild. I mean, yeah. it was so fun. And we he had this family for, uh, officially for five episodes, and then they brought, brought me back for one additional episode because he stole my washer and dryer because he basically created a homeless shelter, which was basically a house that was for sale, and we took it over. And mm-hmm. then he he got a charity, and he... he um, Basically, he made me go out on the street and make money, and then we ended up getting a washer and dryer, and then he stole my washing machine to give it to his daughter. So I chased him down the street with a uh, hockey stick. Nice. I remember that scene. Yeah. Look, Shameless is one of those shows where nothing that happens on the show should ever surprise you because Frank is just will do anything to get what he wants, uh, and a lot of his family will do the same thing. You know, there there are a lot of Frank's kids. Uh, and that show's been a lot on so of long. them are Frank's kids. Not all of them. Not all of them. <laughs> a lot of them are Frank's kids. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, tell me about some of the cool stuff that's happened just from being New Fiona. I remember I saw one time that you were like in a. Uh, you did a couple parades, didn't you? And you got to be in there as New Fiona. Yeah, it was. Um, I did the East Los Angeles parade. There was another parade I did. I, I, I just, it was weird to think that, oh, I should be in a parade for Christmas. Like, I, I don't know. When you think of, when you think of Christmas characters, you don't really think of New Fiona, the out-of-work prostitute who works for food. But hey, I'll do it. And I got to sit in a convertible and um, they had these magnets on the convertible that had my name and my character, character's name. And uh, my daughter joined me for one of them. Interesting. And uh, it was, it was cool. So you had, so you had a fun time doing the parades. I always, you know, you always wonder like what it's like. You because as a kid, I used to watch parades all the time, and then but you never think like, oh, I'm going to be in the convertible. What did that feel like? It's I mean, it's fun. I mean, the second one I did, I was and and I told you this when we were eating breakfast. I was behind a Jesus loves like truck, uh-huh. and there was like a cross on the truck, and then there was a Jesus impersonator, and then people from the crowd were coming out and testifying. Like it was, and I, and so I called my PR person on my cell phone. I go, I don't think Nee Fiona needs to be behind the Jesus truck. I, I, I think we need to move her somewhere that's not so, you know, you, you hear like, you know, people testifying and praying and then me going, hey. And then, hey, Nee Fiona, I yeah. played a prostitute on Shameless. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe if they, maybe they could have gotten me another sign saying Mary Magdalene. I mean, I could have been part that's, of it. That's, that's what fun. they should have done. They should have done that. But I, they moved me. And that was wild because we had to pass everybody in the parade and the convertible. So I was like, hey, everybody. And then I found my spot. And then I stayed there. It's wild. I mean, and then you, I think the biggest thing for me when I was in the parade is I saw fans that I never thought that I would have. Mm -hmm. Like, just people come out of nowhere and they're like, I'm such a fan of yours. And that's, that's wild. Interesting. Yeah. Um, So you grew, now did you grow up in Boston, New York? Where did you grow up? I grew up 20 minutes north of Boston. Okay. uh, In a little sea town called Marblehead. Uh, right. It's 4.5 square miles, surrounded by water and regret. That's a thing from my act. Uh, yeah, and it's it's a great place, but it's... Have you ever seen the movie A Perfect Storm? Sure. It's That was set in Gloucester, which is like 40 minutes away from me. Marblehead's sort of like Gloucester. Like, you have townies who are lobstermen and fishermen and, you know, and it's just a very small town. There was 160 people in my graduating class. Um, everybody knew everybody. And when I came home, I did my one-woman show, uh, 
you know, I had such new Fiona fans, which shocked me. But really? it's such a small little town. Yeah. And it's it, you drive into Marblehead, and it's three-fourths of it is surrounded by water. You have to turn around to go out. You can't, there's, you can't drive through Marblehead you or you'll go through. into the ocean. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So. Um, so how do you feel, do you feel like that, uh, how do you feel like that shaped your comedy or you coming up as an entertainer? Do you think that was a part of it where you grew up? Well, yeah, because I was an altar server for one of the churches and I used to crack jokes during communion. Yeah. And so, you know, um, which thank God I wasn't on mic, but yeah, I used to crack jokes with the other altar servers. And so I knew I was funny, and I come from an Irish Catholic family, mm-hmm. and so every time it was humor. And then I really knew I definitely had, I think, a propensity to it when I was became an actor, because I was always cast in comedic roles. Yeah. Um, and then I was a roadie for my mother's band. What? My mom had a band. My mom <laughs> okay. had a wedding band growing up. What kind of band up. was it? It was a wedding band. It was a top 40 wedding band in the 80s. Uh, they were the house wedding band for King's Grant Medieval Inn in Danvers, Massachusetts. Don't ask. I don't know why we had a Medieval <laughs> Inn, but we did. And uh, I was hired to be her roadie. And she was, like, I was 16 at the time, but she made me look like I was a 30-year-old. And I used to do their contracts, like, pass out the contracts, make sure they got fed. So I had to use my comedy for that, too. I mean, there, were, there was one time the band didn't get fed, and I had to get in my mother's car and go to Pizza Hut and get them food. Well, that, that's interesting uh, <laughs> you say that, because uh, I think one thing... Uh, a lot of actors maybe struggle with is the whole uh, business side of the acting, right? right? So it sounds like you kind of got thrown into the fire with it early. So probably later on when you start doing your other things, you're much more prepared for that side of the entertainment business than somebody that just, you know, didn't, wasn't a roadie for their mom's 80s band. Yeah, no. I mean, my mom, you know, she did all the business stuff. She booked the band. She, you know, had the contracts. She... You know, and she was a self-made woman. I mean, when my parents got divorced, she was like, well, what am I going to do? She also was a bookkeeper by trade, too. So, you know, she was a bookkeeper by, at night and then, you know, I mean, not at night. I'm sorry, during the day. And then at night, she'd go and she'd be in a band. And so it's kind of like the life that I have. Like, you know, during the day, I'm I'm coaching actors and things like that through Youth Acting Biz and the Biz Studio. And then at night, I'm a stand-up comic. So... It was really she. She gave me a really good training ground. That's great. Um, so what? So when uh, when do you make the move to from from Boston or New York to Los Angeles? Well, I went to New York first, uh-huh. and that's where I learned how to be a real comic. Like I was funny. Like I was funny. I knew I was funny, but I didn't know how to do set up punch. I didn't know how to write. I didn't know any of that. And so um, at the time, I was actually representing actors on Broadway. I was uh, oh, wow. I was a contract rep for Equity, which is the union for Broadway actors. And at the time, I couldn't be an actress, which was – I kind of left acting. I decided to be a stage manager, and then I got this contract rep job. And at that point, it was a conflict of interest. So I was dating this guy at, a t- at the time, and he was in a band, and he's like, you're really funny. You need to do something about it. And so I started taking stand-up classes, and then I ended up doing my final stand-up uh, performance at Stand-Up New York, and then a producer found me and said, you have what it takes, Tommy Sabat. And then I started producing with him, and then I got stage time from 12 to 2 a.m. on Thursday nights at New York Comedy Club. Cool. And the rest is history, and I was there for six years. Who, who are your comedy uh, stand-up influences? Well, Lisa Lampanelli was my coach. 
So oh, oh, is that all? Lisa that's all. Lampanelli? That's all. Yeah, no, she was one of my influences. Um, I would say Ellen DeGeneres. Mm-hmm. I saw Ellen G- DeGeneres live in New York. Um, you know who really influenced me when I was at Stand Up New York? All the pros would come in and work out sets. Like Seinfeld was there probably weekly. And I'd end up getting bumped by Seinfeld, mm-hmm. you know, and he was so adorable. He was like, he's like, do you mind if I bump you? I, I have things to do. I go, yeah, I think you're Seinfeld. It's fine. Like, Was he really nice about bumping he you? He was totally, he's like, I'm so sorry. I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. You. you know, you know. You know great what? Seinfeld. I, I just know, right yeah, there. Yeah. Um, but he was great. I saw Robin Williams. I saw Ray Romano. Robin Williams, Billy Crystal. Um, sometimes Seinfeld, Robin Williams would all hang out. The the four of them would hang out. Ray Romano, Billy Crystal, I said that. Robin Williams, yeah, Jerry Seinfeld. They would all hang out and they would, um, you know, come into Stand Up New York. I mean, how wild is that? Yeah, that's crazy. And I worked with Eddie Ift a lot. He's great. Uh, Orny Adams I worked with. Um, I never, did Stephen Wright, I think Stephen Wright popped in one night. I mean, it was just this potpourri of comics. Stephen Wright, the king of the deadpan delivery. Yeah. yeah. So we just, you know, I mean, that's where it was my training ground. Now, was I the comic I am today, 22 years later? Absolutely not. I was a baby. And I'm sure, because what Jerry used to do is he used to stay by the bar after he'd do his set and talk to all those guys. And I'm sure at some point he saw me perform, mm-hmm. which is wild. Yeah. You know. So uh, when, do you move, when do you make the move to L.A.? I did a comedy conference, uh, Judy Carter. I don't okay. know if you know Judy Carter, but sure. she's trained a lot of comics. And I we have the last night industry showcase. And basically, I auditioned for all of these producers from L.A. And I was living in New York at the time. And this producer pulled me aside after my set. And he said, you know, you're really good. And I was like, thanks. He's like, what do you want to do? Do you want to be a road comic? And I was like, mm, I don't think I want to be. He was like, do you want to be an actress? And I was like, yes. And he's like, if you want to be an actress, you need to come out to Los Angeles. He says, you know, you will get the experience that you need, and, and stand-up comics are great commercially. He's like, you should come out to L.A. And at that point, I was like, do I want to, you know, hang my hat on this, or do I want to, like, stay in New York or safe? Um, but there wasn't a lot of stuff filming. Now, you can live in New York and live in L.A. and, you know, either or, sure. and have a life, right, and when work as an actress or an actor. Um and then I called my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, and I said, I think I want to move to L.A. And he's like, okay. And then a day later, he had everything planned. And we were on the road nine months later. Wow. And I got an agent within two months of being here, and I booked my first commercial within three months of being in L.A. Yeah. Um, is there a job? I mean, it seems obvious that, as I asked this, maybe it was like shameless or being on Conan, but is there a job that you feel like kind of changed the trajectory of your career? Like, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of chugging along now, so I'm like, oh, this is getting people to notice me. Uh, stand up or could be stand up, could be a TV show the that you did, uh, could be commercial. You know what really put me on the map was a Hulu promo I did. Yeah. I did a promo for Hulu. Um, I played a MILF. Uh, I was a CEO of a company and I was having an affair all this in 30 seconds I was having an affair with one of my employees and it was like a night that I went wild and um, the commercial ended with us jumping into a pool together in our clothes and then the next morning you know we show up and he's got glitter in his hair and you know it was really wild so you know you never 
that's the thing is you never know what you do that's going to get noticed by more people. You yeah, know? that one went like people and it's still online. So people recognize me. I think the weirdest thing was when I was at a movie theater and I saw myself in a Sony Ericsson commercial in the movie theater. Oh, that's interesting. That was wild. But I think Hulu put me on the map. I think ER put me on the map. Mm-hmm. Um, I did two episodes. I played Officer Trudy Lang. Um, my stand-up, Shameless helped with my stand-up, actually, because I ended up, after doing Shameless, uh, doing a feature spot, which is 20 minutes, and people from Showtime were there. And I've been talking to Showtime about, you know, maybe about a special, but there's a long process of auditions with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been showing them my hour and I hope at some point maybe it happens, but I, you never know. Yeah. I mean, I, one of the things I get noticed for the most, and I didn't even get paid for it because I just happened to be there. I was at a, I was at the, one of the kitchen nightmare restaurants, right? With Gordon Ramsay. Oh, wow. And I was there. So we went there just because they said, Kitchen Nightmare is going to be at this restaurant. You guys want to go eat there? And we didn't know it was before they fixed the restaurant, which oh, okay. is not when you want to go to Kitchen Nightmare. No, 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 but, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't get paid for that. We had terrible food. Uh, and yet all the time people are like, I saw you on Kitchen Nightmares. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't being an actor on there. I was just... I was trying to get free food. I was trying to get free food. <laughs> and, and that didn't even happen. <laughs> uh, you had told me a story about uh, William H. Macy on set. Amazing. Uh, that he had... Gave the torch to me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we were filming in Chicago, which is wild because, like, Chicago goes crazy when you go there. I shot there for two weeks. And the scene when I ran down the street with a hockey stick, yeah, yeah. Um, there were crowds around where we shoot in Chicago. It's the street where the house is. And so there's crowds. And, and Bill was saying, you know, we've never seen, like, this many people watching us. So we wrapped, and then we got – and what's so funny, there's base camp. There's a van that takes you from set to base camp, which literally is literally a two-minute walk. So it's hilarious, right? We're in the van because they have to protect us, make sure nothing happens. So we get to base camp, and Bill Macy, as we're driving there, he goes, look at all these people. These Look at these people. Look what we're doing. They're watching us. And he's saying this to me. Mm-hmm. like, you know. So we get out, and there's all these crowds, all these people taking pictures, and Bill is in his pink bathrobe. And he goes, he's like, hi, hi, letting everybody take pictures. He's signing some headshots. And then he goes, I'd like to introduce everybody to Mary Kennedy, new Fiona. And then he leaves and goes to his dressing room or his, you know, his trailer. Yeah. And I'm left and all these people are taking pictures. And I was like, it was wild. And then finally, I think our AD was like, okay, everybody, she's got to go back to her. And I was in the honey wagon on the other side. I went to my honey wagon and then there was people waiting at my door to get my autograph. See, that, t- that tells you everything you need to know about William H. Macy, He's right? amazing, yeah. He's generous. He's a professional because he's like, I can get out of here and let her deal with some of this. That's so great. And nice guy, yeah. you know? I, I always imagine I always imagine him just like uh, with the Jerry Lundegaard accent, no matter what, you know? Yeah. <laughs> From now, Fargo. He's, he's, and he we is We got the new of, Fiona here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys, I'm not the I'm not the deal here. It's no Fiona. She's the one here you got to listen to, okay? I'm going to go back to my trailer. No, <laughs> I'm cooperating here. I'm cooperating, yeah. Uh, but no, he lovely. And he he's like the steward. Like I, you know, the first day on set and I kept that all in because you can't go on set and show that you're nervous. Like you just and he put his um hand on my shoulder and he goes, "Welcome to the family." And I was like, "Oh." You know. That's amazing. I think uh 
because we all have, I, hopefully, we all have stories of like someone that really helps you and the, and realizes this person. Uh, I really want to kind of foster them and make them feel comfortable. I I had a similar thing with Horatio Sands. Oh where wow! He, yeah, where you know I was uh, I was working on this pilot that never got picked up, but uh, he and I was struggling a little bit with this one line, and and we cut for a few minutes, and he's like, comes and he's basically was like. Yeah, I know what it's like, you know, for all the jokes to, you know, be about you like being fat or something, you know, but you just keep, you're doing a great job. Just keep, you know, and he's very, just very generous and nice when he didn't have to be. He could have just been like, let let this dude deal with him struggling with his line, right? Yeah, no, I mean, and that, that's really great. Halle from um, ER, that nurse, the Mm -hmm. African-American nurse who I love, watched for years, um, we ended up doing something like 38 takes because wow. that's how they, you know, and I had two lines or something, you know, and we just talked and she was lovely. And yeah. that was like my first big break was that. And she just was so nurturing. And so I've had little, we call them angels on set. Yeah. I've had angels on set that just really helped me, you know. Um, so I'm really grateful because, you know, listen, there are some people that you know, as soon as you walk on that set, you cannot approach. Yeah. Or should you? You should just stay in your own little bubble because right. they're not interested. Mm-hmm. So and hey, maybe they got their own things going on too. You know, who knows? But it is great when you find those people that are uh, very generous and very nice and willing to help you. So we went to breakfast at uh, one of my favorite places in the in the San Fernando Valley, Harvest Moon. Uh, Mary Kennedy, you've been there a few times as well. Several correct? times, yeah, yeah. I feel like we both live there a little bit. Although I've never seen you there before, so we must do it go at different hours. They do have a lot of hours there. Yeah, they do, and they're closed on uh, Monday. On so Monday, that's don't when... <laughs> don't try to go there Monday. That's when they shoot. I'm sorry. Do they really on Mondays? Probably has to be. Yeah, it has to be. You know, because yeah. I don't ever see them closed. Uh, uh, Andrew Savage's show, which is really funny. Yeah, I love that show. Um, <clears throat> that's why I eat there. <laughs> <laughs> Just to meet Andrew Savage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, trying to get a job. <laughs> I'll have the, uh, the the veggie burrito and this Andrew Savage here. <laughs> yeah, could, could we no? talk? Okay. No, okay. Okay. Uh, so I had the um, uh, the veggie burrito, which I think is very delicious, uh, and it comes with uh, some some salsa and some sour cream and some guacamole, and I also got one of the specialties there. The sweet and spicy bacon, also known as the crack bacon. Crack bacon. See, <laughs> yeah. now I know that you do hang out there. Yeah, it's yeah. known as the crack bacon. Uh, my doctor says it's great for my health. The crack yeah, bacon. No, it's not. It, it, it's 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 uh, the sugar index on that is pretty pretty high, it's, <laughs> but it's <laughs> really? delicious. It is delicious. It can be dessert and also a protein. Right, and it's right. good. So that's what I had. What did you uh, What did you get? I you got, got. I like sides. I'm a I'm a girl mm-hmm. of sides. Um, so I got a side of scrambled eggs. And a side of butternut squash and a side croissant. All right. And then, um, yeah, their butternut squash is better than the potatoes. But their potatoes are like cracked potatoes. They're delicious. Yeah, I don't I don't know. The, I've had the butternut squash there. It's really good. Uh, I don't know if I've had the potatoes. Other than there is potatoes in the the burrito. There is? Did yeah. they also put rice in there too? No. Oh, good. Okay. Just potatoes. That would be too carbalicious, I think. It would be too carbalicious. <laughs> That's the name of my improv group, Carbalicious. Carbalicious, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, but it's a good place. You know what I like about it is it's centrally located and it's right next to the post office. So as a mother, I can multitask. You know, it is I right can... next to a post office. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you have something to drop off, you just drop it off and then go. Yeah, and then I can go to the drugstore. So there's three points of contact as a mother. I can do it all in one. Nice. And, I, w- you know. I was actually there the week before and I had this. Uh, 
blueberry lavender pop tart. Oh, which was just like I, you know, it's one of those things where uh, you have a meal sometimes, and then later on you're just like. Mm. Just thinking about the pop tart later. <laughs> oh no, I've had those where they call yeah. it calls to you, mm-hmm. like you're yeah. You're like maybe I should go back. Do I have anything to mail? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, one thing I, I've been there, and as uh, I always like to talk about, is this a good place to go to like create things? Whether you're uh, working on your writing or you're working on some sides for something you're auditioning for, it, it is a good place. You can kind of hunker down in a corner there. The only thing is, there's they don't really have any. Um, any plugins, so you'll have to go in there fully charged with your computer, you know. But I do think it's a cool place to uh, create things and write and hang out, and I, eventually I'll see friends there usually. What I like about it is it has, like, an East Coast vibe. Like, I feel like, you know, you can see people that you haven't seen in a while, and it just it creates kind of an artistic feel, you know, and yeah. it doesn't— You know, I love L.A., I love living here, but for, like, a minute, I don't feel like I'm in Los Angeles when I go there. Interesting. And I, you know, I don't know if that's attractive to your listeners or not, but I just feel like, I don't know, it's like, it feels local. It feels like I'm in my, like, hometown. I feel very comfortable there. Yeah, I think that's the thing, too, is that you feel pretty comfortable in there. It's not like one of those places where you're like, you have to hurry up and get out. You know, eat your food and get out. Right. You can you can hang out for a bit and, you know, uh, either get more food a little bit later or just hang out. And, you know, I've done both. And uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a, I think it's a... Uh, Great place to hang out and good food too, and a lot of variety. You know, and parking. Oh, and the parking's great. They actually yeah. have a parking lot in back. Yeah. yeah. So that's perfect. Which is a premium in Los Angeles. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this has been so fun. Oh, it's over <laughs> <Thank> already? <you. laughs> it's not over yet. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. Don't do that to me. I have to go home and be a mother. I have to go. Oh, food shopping. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what's, what's coming up next for you? Anything you want to plug that's coming up? Um, I am a regular at Flappers. I did my hour. Flappers in Burbank? Yeah, Flappers in Burbank. I did my hour on Mother's Day. And I'm back doing 20 minutes uh, on their show on August 4th called Icy Mitt Sundays, I believe. And uh, I'm there at 830. So if you want to go to flapperscomedy.com and see me do my 20 minutes. Uh, You also can check me out at M. Kennedy Comedy on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. uh, And I can let you know when I am performing. Excellent. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, A couple more questions before we go. Yes. Uh, Is there something that uh, you think we should know about you that we don't know about you? In other words, maybe you have some kind of hidden talent or anything that you that you wish people knew about you that they don't. You know, the first thing which we've talked about, I am third cousins with the Kennedys. Not everybody realizes that. Wow. I do have Ted Kennedy's chin, and now I find out I have his nose. Okay. <laughs> That's the first thing. The second thing is I love to sing, and people don't. So I'm putting this out in the universe, being all woo-woo, is I would love at some point to like maybe book a musical and, and sing in a musical. I mean, I, and I'm an actor who can move well. So my, one of my biggest dreams is to do a Broadway stint. So I would knows? love to do that, too. Yeah. That would be great. I'm, I, I don't dance. I'm not, I'm not a good—I don't move well on the stage. I'm funny. Right. I move well comically. Can you sing? Oh, I can sing. Yeah, oh, yeah, you singer. can. I, I saw that thing you did for—is uh, it Swallow? Oh, shallow. shallow. Yeah, shallow, oh, the shallow. shallow. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, a <laughs> Not summit. Swallow. Yeah, listen to that. Uh, watch that on uh, on YouTube. A Summit is Born, where I play Kim Jong-un. Oh, it was amazing. Uh, 
singing a parody of Shallow. Yeah, I, that was fun. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that free plug. Well, no, I said swallow. <laughs> See, as a mom, my head is always like swallow. My kids have to swallow their vitamins. See what I do? Uh, but Ooh, one uh, letter off. It's <laughs> close. But no, that's great. So um, yeah, so singing. Cool. Um, well, again, thank you so much for coming in. Of course. Uh, I do have one more question for you. Yes. When they eventually, because this is going to happen, I when they have so. <laughs> this a movie called some variation of the Mary Kennedy story, who would you like to play Mary Kennedy? <laughs> it's it's wild, and people may not see it. I actually would like Allison Janning. To play me. I could totally see that. Because I just loved her portrayal in the Tanya Harding story. Mm-hmm. And there is that Boston. That wasn't Boston, but it was. It reminded me of Boston. I think I think it was more West Coast, like Oregon, Portland person. But she has such a sensibility of the East Coast. Like, I, I would, I just, I love that character. And yeah, now that, you, now that you say it, I could totally see it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to happen one day. Oh, Allison Janney's going to play yeah. me. But you know, as an actor, I need to be in there somewhere. I need Thank to have you. a cameo. Yeah. You know, you too. We'll, 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 All we'll right. have some I'm cameos. In. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be the guy that can sing but can't dance. Is there okay. somebody? Uh, yeah. And then I'll be, I, I don't know what I'll be. But yeah. Um, yeah. So. Nice. Well, thanks for coming in. Yeah, it was great. We'll, we'll talk you. to you soon. Thank you. Bye. And there we have it. Mary Kennedy. Thank you, Mary, for coming in. Big fan of her. She's very funny and uh, has been kind of a mentor to me at times. So uh, always exciting to to meet up with her and see what she's been up to. So if you would like to email the show, you can reach me at my website, brentpope.com. You can reach me on the social medias, at scoopspope on Instagram and on Twitter. You can also reach me on my Facebook actor page. And uh, that's another episode of Brentfest in the bag. So until next time, see ya. See ya.